0: Krakow, Poland, July 1939 Petra Reveals All Though the sun was shining, Elka felt chilled to the bone as the men in black lowered her mother's coffin into the stone cavity and laid it on top of her father's. Made of lead, her father's coffin was well preserved. Looking at it made Elka feel sad that she had no memories of her father, only recollections that others had given her. She and Anya. Her twin sister had been just fifteen months old when he died in August 1918, a victim, like her maternal grandfather, of the flu pandemic that had broken out towards the end of the Great War. The sound of a sob drew her attention away from these thoughts. Dear Anya would need her more than ever now. A mirror image of herself, with her tall elegance and red-gold curly hair, Anya looked imploringly at Elka from beautiful hazel eyes that asked her to take the pain away. Unable to speak, Elka enclosed Anya in her arms, but as she did so, she sensed movement on her other side and turned her head to look over her shoulder. Babcha Petra's usually strong countenance had crumbled. Elka let go of Anya and caught hold of their grandmother's sobbing body, just in time to save her from falling. Babcha Petra's distress, took Anya's attention away from her own unhappiness. She moved quickly to help Elka, and speaking softly, managed to soothe their grandmother. "'We are still here for you, darling Babcia Petra.' This helped the grandmother regain her composure, and she stood bravely upright. Looking at her, and seeing her frailty, reinforced Elka's decision not to leave Poland. Babcia feared that as Jews they faced untold horror if the Nazis invaded Poland. She'd been urging Elke and Anya to leave the country, even though she would make no plans to leave herself. Her only reason was that she'd left during the last war and had spent many years in a kind of exile in France. Once she'd returned home, she'd vowed she would never leave again. The tales of what was happening to Jews in Germany, and now in Austria since Hitler's army had been getting stronger, frightened her. It was these tales that were prompting Babsha and all of their community to fear the future. They'd heard that Jews were not allowed to front their businesses and had to register their wealth and property. All Jews over fifteen had to carry an identity card, which must be shown to police on demand. Synagogues were being destroyed, and Jewish doctors were being prohibited from practising. Bapchur Petra was right to be afraid. Elka and Anya were afraid too. But how could they leave Babcha now? Jardet Gosse and Babcha Miriam, their father's parents, even though they'd never acted as grandparents should towards them. They had treated Elke and Anya differently from their cousins, Hjona and Isaac, the sons of their father's younger brother. Their grandparents had played with the cousins and lavished gifts on them, and, upon each of them reaching twenty-five, had made them directors in the family jewellery business, not that any of this affected her own and Anya's relationship with Hona and Isaac. They all adored one another. Lifting her eyes at this thought, Elke caught Hona's glance. Neither of them looked away, both compelled to convey to each other something deeply felt within them, something forbidden. The kind of love that you shouldn't feel for a cousin, a love they didn't acknowledge, but that bound them together. The first shovelful of earth hit the coffin, and the pain of realisation struck Elka. After feeling nothing other than relief since her mother had sighed her last painful breath at noon yesterday, she now wanted to scream, as each mourner pitched more and more soil onto her coffin. Tears she thought she would never shed tumbled from her eyes and ran down her cheeks in streams. The salty taste of them dried her mouth. The deluge weakened her body, so that when her turn came, she found it difficult to dig into the mound of earth and throw some onto her mother's coffin. But as this was a Jewish custom, she had to do so to help her mother on her way. The thud made her feel as if her heart had shredded into little pieces and would never heal. An arm came round her. Elke, my darling. Dropping the shovel, she gave in to her need to be held by Shona and sank into his body. Nothing would look amiss. This was one cousin comforting another, that was all. But they both knew it wasn't all and that this moment of weakness had undone their unspoken resolve to deny their true feelings. A mixture of grief and happiness quivered through her. This was where she belonged.